All right, we're recording here. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Let's Talk with Tim here. I've got my boy Cal from Victoria. He's a realtor with Prime Real Estate Remax, right? Yeah, Remax uh, Close and we're the Prime Real Estate team, yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so we're just going to chat today about what's going on in the market, what's going on in the world, and how things are going in BC and compared to Saskatchewan here. So, I mean, how have you been? Things have been good. Uh, you know, I think as everyone, we're kind of just taking it one day at a time. Uh, you know, uh, you know, just big lots of gratitude to all the frontline workers and everyone that are trying to tackle this for us. And, um, you know, just trying to stay busy every day. Uh, you know, I think trying to kind of set a bit of a routine because we're so used to being with clients all the time and, you know, doing our normal day-to-day -day stuff. Um, so, you know, trying to kind of fill my days with, you know, working on the business or reaching out to clients and, and then also just trying to enjoy some of this time off. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to, you know, have a pretty successful business and that's given me some latitude to, you know, be able to focus right now on some personal and mental health and trying to enjoy the outside when we are allowed to go outside as much as possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, luckily living here in Victoria, the way it's, it's already 15, 16 degrees outside. So I'm sure yeah. some of you guys back home in Saskatchewan might not be feeling the same thing, but, um, so yeah, just trying to, you know, I think as realtors, you know it as well as I do that. And as entrepreneurs, we're usually working 10, 12 hour days. And so mm -hmm. I've kind of said, I'm, I'm back to working maybe five or six hours a day of trying to do stuff for the business. So enjoying some of this extra time as well. Not understandable. So with the extra time that you have now at home, what do you do to fill the time? Do you work out at home? Do you, do you, yeah. are you on? TikTok <laughs> <something>. <laughs> you know what I've, I've i've had a lot of friends and colleagues say i need to download tiktok and i have but i don't think i can do it man <laughs> you're you know we, we were talking before we went online about you being a former dj so maybe that's more where that's where tim and platinum goes <laughs> no way no way you know <laughs> but uh, with what yeah. i was telling you earlier with what i was telling you earlier like i, I feel that like someone needs to do this I've, I've seen a lot of djs that are djing online right now and uh, someone should do like a DJ competition through Zoom and then have yeah. all these DJs there do it on a Friday night, just as if you're in a club on a Friday night, but yeah. it's online yeah. and you get it's to good. hear different DJs DJing and then you can kind of judge who's the better DJ type of thing. That would be pretty cool. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I actually, on Instagram the other night, uh, Riza from Wu-Tang Clan had a, a, a DJ battle with DJ Premier. So like two old school wicked DJs and like so many wow. amazing hip hop artists were in the comments being like, this is what we need right now. So I think you're right. I think content right now, everyone's at home and they're looking for content and some, there's some great people out there that do a lot of great stuff. So I'd be open to it, but um yeah. Outside, of, nice. outside of that, yeah, working out from home. Uh, luckily, one of my good friends who you know from Saskatchewan as well, uh, he's been sending me a lot of at-home workouts for me to do. I usually do boot camp mm -hmm. at, at his gym three days a week. So I've been missing that because that's usually my 7 a.m. on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. That you know, It was, again, a creature of habit. So he's been sending us at-home workouts, which has been really helpful. Um, I went to Canadian Tire and bought some outdoor gear. And so I've been able to do some running sessions at the, at the local. There's a park. There's an old elementary school here that, uh, you know, I find a, a big private space all to myself. You know, of course, we're all practicing social distancing and, yeah, and listening absolutely. to the guidelines. But with us having nice weather, I've been, I've been trying to get outside as much as possible and as much that's practical as well. And uh, where I live in Victoria, I'm just about a block and a half away from the ocean. 
and there's a really nice, it's called the Songhee Seawall. Uh, so okay. even on days that I'm not super motivated to go for a run or to do some stairs, I've still just been going for walks and <laughs> trying to be grateful and really just, you know, grateful that, you know, I am healthy and safe and, uh, you know, there's a lot of people going through tougher situations right now. So just trying to kind of get outside the, the fresh air, I think is really important for people. I, I know a lot of people I've talked to friends who are, who are scared to even leave their home and I've had to show them like, oh, wow. Hey, you know, it's, it's okay to go outside and get some fresh air and go for a walk. And I think it does a lot for your mental health. And so uh, just, yeah, trying to stay as active as possible because I also play a lot of uh, recreational sports and haven't had a chance of course to do that either. So um, trying to stay as active as possible. Yeah, we still got to pick up that basketball game one of these days. When I, I know, I know, I know. What are, what are you doing? How are, how are things with you guys trying to stay active and must be tough not you know, being outside as much? You know, yeah, I, I do work out from home as well. I use an app called uh, called uh, Fit Buddy, and uh, I have a sex at home. So I, nice. I work out from home. My wife does a lot of yoga and a lot of workouts as well. My kids are just active. They're, they're yeah. active kids. Uh, when the weather gets nice, uh, we might just walk around the block just to get some fresh air or just go for a drive for a minute or two and come back, get some fresh air, try to stay away from people as much as possible. Of course, yeah. Because uh, that's tough too right now. Um, yeah. You know, for me, last week, it's like, it's like as we go through this thing, I, I keep having a theme of the week that kind of pops up through the, through, through the week. Last week, it was having a positive mindset that was the kick I was on and uh this week it's gratitude and it's, it is actually pretty cool that you mentioned that too because last night we were putting the kids to bed and my wife goes to the kids and everybody so what are you thankful for today what are you thankful for right now type of thing awesome. and then this morning I'm on a I'm on a zoom call with uh with a coaching company Kathleen Black Coaching and yeah. her topic today was gratitude. So it seems everywhere I go, it's gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. So that's been the topic for the week. It's showing gratitude. No matter what's going on around you, you still have something to be thankful for, right? So, oh, um, com- but other completely. than that, we also, yeah, we're also teaching kids ourselves too now, right? So, yeah. How is being a homeschool teacher right now? <laughs> well, I will tell you this. Uh, I could never be a teacher that teaches in an elementary school or probably even high school um, because they do a tremendous amount of work. Um, Me trying to teach my two young ones at home here, it's a challenge because, I mean, there's a lot of stimulus around, right? There's right there is the TV, there's the iPad, you know what I mean? There's the Legos, there's all the stimulus things around that they want they'll rather be doing something else but learning but you also have to bring them back down and say okay well your school left spent different activities they need you to do and different homework you need to do and we need to kind of do it together and I mean it's tough too because I'm also trying to juggle my work from home too right that was so, my follow-up question is how, how are you finding that balance right now of of having to take care of these extra responsibilities at the home life versus you know, doing things like this and, and keeping in touch with your business as well? Well, a lot of times when I'm, a lot of times when I'm ready to go on a Zoom call, I'm probably on Zoom maybe four or five times a day. Yeah. So if I've got a board committee meeting or, or a Zoom call with a client type of thing, I usually will give them a homework to do before that. Or yeah. if they've done a bunch of things, I'll say, okay, well, it's, it's rest time right now. Go build a Lego or something or 
you can have a 30 minute show or something like that. Right. So I try to plan my day around kind of what their schedule would be too, to make sure that I give them as much attention as they need so they can get through their schoolwork and get through their day. And I can also get my work done too. Right. Yeah. It's, totally. a, it's a juggling hat. Yeah. It's a yeah. juggling hat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what's the market like in BC? Uh, well, you know, I can talk a little bit about BC and then I can, you know, get a little bit more local in Victoria, but it, it's, it's slow. Right. And, and this is what we were expecting, you know, looking at the Victoria numbers, our sales are down about 70% from this time last year. Oh, wow. So it's wow. big, um, you know, and I think the Victoria market has been one of the stronger markets. You know, if we, if we rewind a little bit longer, you know, Victoria over the last couple of years has become, you know, the third the third highest priced market in Canada. Um, we've had a lot of influx. Victoria has always been a very stable market because we're a government town, kind of like Regina. Uh, yeah. we, ha- we have, you know, we have the Pacific military here. Uh, and of course we have a lot of education, some great universities, growing population. Mm-hmm. So new high schools and elementary schools being built too. Um, so we've always had a very, and then we've always had retirement, right? And so yeah. we've always had a very stable market, but in the last three to four years, I think Victoria kind of be, kind of grew out of its little sleepy town kind of culture okay. and was really embracing a lot of small business, uh, a lot of new opportunities were being created and and our technology sector really took off. But of course, with with COVID having such a huge impact on small businesses, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's kind of been this new lifeblood of Victoria. So I'm I'm not surprised that those numbers are where they are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did a I did a bit of a market update uh, at the end of the week last week, and the interesting part was even with sales being down that far so far, um, what was it? The average, the median sale price to list price was still at about ninety seven, ninety eight percent. So, oh, wow. as a lot of you're probably getting those calls too. People were mm-hmm. asking, well, when are prices going to start coming down, and where are the deals in the market? And, the interesting thing with Victoria is it, it's generally an end destination for a lot of people. We're not a transient mm-hmm. town where people are coming and going all the time. People move here for the lifestyle, for you know the the weather and, and all those yeah. things. So there's not people that are necessarily going to have to leave Victoria to go somewhere else. At least at this point, right? It's it's That's so true. hard to predict so hard to predict what the long-term economic impacts are going to be of this. And of course, I think we're all staying home and doing our part to hopefully mitigate those long-term risks. Um, but I think right now, what I've said is there's really a, a pause on the market and okay. I've still got buyers who are interested in getting in the market, but you know, either for health reasons or for wanting to understand where things might go over the next couple of months, a lot of them have decided to take a break. And, and, and for mm-hmm. right now, I think that makes the most sense. Um, you know, yeah. we're still servicing our listings. We still have sellers who, who want or need to sell for various reasons yeah. and, and we're still taking yeah. care of them. Uh, so, you know, sales have really come down, but new listings have really slowed down too. We've only had, um, you know, 268 new listings come on to the market so far. And we had about 600, 700 by this time last year. So oh, wow. even though, so sale or inventory is down about 50%, but sales are down a little bit more. Well, are you, are you seeing though that, uh, is it just a handful of, are you seeing agents that are still out working, obviously taking those precautions or are everybody kind of sticking, staying back a little bit right now to, to kind of see what's happening? Yeah, I think, I think all of us are still trying to service our clients as they need. As you know, we have a fiduciary duty. And so I think 
every client is a different, different scenario. And uh, I do still know some agents that are trying to work under the proper guidelines, right? Masks have become a mask have become a normal thing. Gloves are a normal thing. Um, homes, you know, with sanitizer and the windows open and everything else, you know, of course, vacant properties seem to be getting a bit more traction right now mm -hmm. uh, because of yeah. some of the less risks that are involved. Um, you know, I've, you know, we've got 10 listings still active on the market right now. And I'd say we'd get one or two showings per week um, mm -hmm. on those listings. So it's a lot slower than it normally would be. But what we're seeing is there still are people that need to move for various reasons. We've still mm -hmm. got people moving to town right now to take jobs. And there are some companies that are, are you know, we have we have some really cutting edge medical supply companies here on the island that are yeah. hiring people right now. And so, That's so some true. of that activity is still happening. We still have military and things like that. So um, some people are working, but a lot of them are trying to stay home as much as possible. And if, you know, I think if we all do our part now, it's going to go a long way in the future. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think that the important message there is, you know, if we don't do our part now, it's going to take a lot longer for us to get back to normal, right? So yeah, exactly. I'm finding, I'm finding like our market in Saskatchewan too. I mean, the, the story's a little bit uh, similar to yours, maybe not as extreme type of thing. Um, like we're finding around this time last year, um, we're about 45% of the sales as what we were last yeah. year, right? And even new listings are down too. Um, I think new listings uh, that came on the market were, is down close to about that 50 percent type of thing yeah and um and active listings on the market are still there but but i mean we still have people working there's still sales happening type of thing which is good um, totally um you know i have buyers that need to buy because they've sold their house type of thing so when we go out it's gloves masks and uh, I know in Saskatchewan, we've got a waiver form that buyers and sellers have to sign with questionnaires of where they've been, if they've got symptoms and, and things exactly. like that on it. So we're trying to do as much as we can to take those precautions, which, which is good. Because, I mean, I find that with the real estate market, if the real estate market pauses for too long, that really, really affects the economy because of the spin-off, right? Totally. Um, yeah, because I think in Saskatchewan, the spin-off from one house sale is around that $53,000, per sale uh, to the economy, right? Yeah, I'm not sure what those numbers are in, in your area there. Oh, sorry there. I just, I thought I had my due to not disturb on, but a call just came in, so sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah, and we're right around that $60,000 range as well for every real estate transaction that happens and, and that spinoff. And, and I, those are the types of people that we've been talking to over the last, you know, pretty much month now is, you know, we, we got to keep our photographer busy, right? He, that's, you know, mm -hmm. he works full time, you know, he, he, you know, he does a lot of business for us, our moving companies that we work with, our home inspectors, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's been really unfortunate, you know, talking to some of those uh, business owners who have had to lay off some of their inspectors because you know mm -hmm. it's they'd rather them get on you know unemployment insurance as soon as possible and and then you know maybe bring them on in a case-by-case -case scenario when it makes sense but uh you know furniture companies right you know i've spoken to a lot of my friends who are in that industry and there's just so many so many spin-off industries and and so it's not just our industry that's impacted there's so many other things to think oh, about and absolutely um, and that's why I'm hoping that, you know, if we, you know, some short-term pain right now, and then we can find a way to create some healthy guidelines 
uh, around certain businesses being able to open again, but I think in a very, very cautious way because yeah, too long mm-hmm. of a pause, too long of a pause could end up just being way worse in the long term. But you know, we've got to do what the what the health officials say. But you know, your your role within the Saskatchewan Real Estate Board, and uh, you know, I'm talking to my colleagues on on former boards and stuff too. Those are some of the conversations that are happening with government right now. Is how mm-hmm. do we find a a balanced approach to getting some things going so people can get back to work. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. What are you, what are you seeing with small businesses in your area? Are you starting to see a little bit more innovation? Like I know in, in, in Regina and Saskatchewan, I've been hearing of different small businesses that are innovating, right? For example, cab drivers. Uh, I'm hearing that some of them are delivering food now, right? I'm seeing more and more, um, say, five-star restaurants that never did deliveries before now doing deliveries. I'm seeing more people going online and selling their products online and finding ways to innovate uh, yeah. while keeping, keeping the rules. Are you finding a lot of innovation in your, in your market too? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's actually been probably one of the most inspiring things that I've seen actually over the last few weeks is especially from some, you know, young, young and old, but just some of these Mm -hmm. businesses that, you know, I can only imagine what they were going through when, when all of a sudden they're told you can no longer be open to the public and, and that, and, Mm -hmm. and the way that some of them have pivoted, like you said, restaurants, of course, restaurants work on such a razor thin margin as it already is. And so now you take away this, this component of their business and uh, yeah, there's a grocery, there's a a restaurant here that still does their takeout stuff, but now they're also doing what's called grocery boxes. So they're, they're called the village and they do all of their, everything they serve in the restaurant, it all comes from the Island, like except for some of the fruit every once in a while. But so they are now packaging up, a lot of their product into like, you know, 50, 60, 70, $90 grocery boxes. You can get, you know, six chicken breasts from a local, a local farm here. You can get packs of bacon from the local butcher and locally made coffee. And so they're kind of, you know, fresh greens because they have their own farm where they do a lot of their own Mm -hmm. greens and uh, garnish and things like that. So they've done that. And then they're delivering those to people's homes. The other cool thing they did was they also have what's called a sponsor and nurse program. So if you oh, know wow. someone, if you know someone who's a nurse or a doctor, you could buy them one of those grocery boxes and sponsor them and they'd go and deliver it to that person's house. So kind of a really nice way, um, because we all know nurses are working probably longer hours now than they did before. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and grocery shopping might not be something that they have time for right now. And so there's really cool, really cool ways like that. Um, you know, as masks, as we talk about masks before, and as they become more prevalent, some of the cl- local clothing companies in town are now making their own masks, uh, mm-hmm. using, finding material that's reused or recycled and, and creating new kind of custom masks. And so some of them are, are trying to deal directly with the current situation. Others, like you said, have moved to an online model when I don't think some of them thought mm-hmm. maybe they'd get there in time. Uh, you know, we did a, an interview with uh, one of our local bookstore owners, uh, Alex, and we know her very well. And it was some, she'd always been meaning to get her website going and getting books online and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and not nothing wrong with Amazon, but of course sponsoring the big giant beast. Um, you yeah. know, she's kind of created her own website. She's been working with Shopify, who's a, at least a Canadian company. Um, mm-hmm. and doing some of that and then just using Facebook and social media as well. And, um, 
she's worked with our local baseball team here, the Harbor Cats, and they've now got Harvey's Reading Club. So they've kind of created a wave now to have kids who are at home and trying to find things to do. And uh, so now they've got like a reading club where the kids can all get together and read different books. And then she has a bit of an online forum for them to talk about it. And it's all part of a, a bigger contest to show how much they can read. Uh, so just lots wow. of lots of really creative things right now, I think, to help across all of it. And, uh, and like I said, it's just been inspiring because a lot of them are trying their hardest to keep their employees, uh, going, mm -hmm. uh, to keep the doors open. Uh, and so just, you know, just so many thoughts with them and we've, we, we've been trying to support them as much as possible by doing interviews with them and, and stuff like that. That's amazing. There's, it seems like there's a lot of really cool things that's happening around, around the country and a lot of cool, innovative way. I, it was even Vancouver that uh, it's like a shift change for the nurses when he's outside and sharing type of thing. I'm seeing a lot of really cool things that we have faced pandemic that's going on right now, but it's finding ways to bring people together. 100%. And, and, and you know, that is amazing. You know, having not seen, you know, having not seen my family for a long time, like my mom and dad and brothers and things like that, when, you know, when you have the ability to see them whenever you can, right? We we get too busy that we really don't. I and know when you really don't when you really don't have the chance to see to see them. That's when you miss them the most, right? Like my like even my daughter, right? And she doesn't live with us. I haven't seen her in a while because my wife works at the hospital. Her mom works at the hospital too. So there's we've got to we've got to keep that social distancing. So you know it, it makes it tough when when uh, when you think that way. But then it kind of helps you understand the value of those relationships too, right? Oh, um, which is pretty cool. Completely. I'm, uh, it, it's definitely been a life lesson for me, as you just said, about the things that we don't make time for sometimes when we do have full freedom <laughs> and, yeah. and, and things like connection with families, even connections with old friends. Uh, as you said, with how many Zoom mm -hmm. calls a day that we, you end up, you and I both end up doing. Some of my favorite have been, with old friends, some of them I haven't talked to, mm -hmm. in, you know, in a couple of years and, and we all love each other and miss each other, but you know, some people have kids and some have really busy careers. And so some of those things and just catching up have been so it's, it's filled me with a different sense of joy and, and, mm -hmm. and reminds me of how to maybe balance my life a little bit even better. I feel like I have a pretty good balance normally, but um, just those little things. And, and I think as we come out of this, I'm really hoping we as a society, I think there's been a lot of great advances with technology and what we're doing right now wouldn't be possible, but I'm mm -hmm. hoping that we all realize that even with all this technology, we're all craving that human to human interaction once this is done and, yeah. and taking that time to unplug a little bit more and taking that time to maybe you do take the weekend off to go visit family and, and all those types mm -hmm. of things. So, so I'm hoping when we come out of this uh, again, the, our priorities change a little bit. I think. Absolutely. We've, we've all been go, 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 go because the opportunity is there for us to work all the time or to be connected all the time. And yet, I think we're realizing how disconnected maybe we were sometimes. Well, I mean, and I think that's, that's the thing, right? I, I hope that we come out of this as maybe better people than we were before. And yeah. we value those relationships that uh, maybe we didn't really think about a little bit more than before, more than we did before, right? Yeah, uh, I just said life gets so busy, and and even with my friends, it's like I could go months without seeing them. We might text all the time, but now 
it's like where we have a Friday night Zoom calls, right? We train yeah. and and we all put the kids to bed, and then ten o'clock <laughs> at night we get a, we get on Zoom and we chat for a couple of hours, type of thing, right? So just yeah. rebuilding those connections. So I'm hoping that once this is all done, uh, we just don't throw the things that we've learned from this off to the side to say, hey, life is back to normal. Hopefully, we hang on to the good stuff and, and we're able to to kind of keep that going, and we can, we can become a better society, type of thing. Yeah. Oh, so, completely. And I think. I think, well, and I always look at the past, right? And I look at my grandparents who, you know, one set of grandparents, they came, they moved to Canada after the World War II. And, and I mm-hmm. remember my grandpa and grandma telling me stories about living in Poland and then being forced to go work in Germany. And they, you know, they went through some, re- and you know, you come, you come from an immigrant family as well. Mm-hmm. And the stories that you've probably heard and that I've heard from people that have been through, this is the first time our generation has ever dealt with anything like like yeah and i always say to people sometimes it really sucks that we have to stay home but we get to stay home with the internet and with netflix and with at home workout all those things that you and i have been talking about where you know Mm -hmm. our grandparents generation and and even some people's parents generations that come from other countries that have been through even scarier situations without some Mm -hmm. of the conveniences we have that i'm hoping again that I know those generations sure learn from those experiences, right? It's why the world has become such such a more peaceful place in some of those big world wars. And that's because those generations learn from those lessons. So you're right. I'm, I'm hoping, and I've always, you know, had a bit of a humbleness just from understanding that stuff from, from family and, mm-hmm. and what other generations yeah. have gone through that I'm hoping you're right, that this is the life lesson that a lot of us needed uh, and had to experience some discomfort, especially in the Western world, right? I think other countries- oh, for sure. Other countries are going through this all the time and we don't have that connection because it's so isolated from where we are mm-hmm. and how we're having to go through a life struggle. And I, I hope it makes us stronger and, and more connected, like you said. Absolutely. But, you know, can you imagine, though, going through this without Apple TV, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney? <laughs> or, you yeah, I don't, I don't know. Man. I, you know, and I've read, I've read, I'm through one book already and I'm working on another one now. And, uh, I guess we would read a lot more. I don't know. I'd be sending you smoke signals. I don't know how, we, <laughs> how we'd be doing some of this stuff. But um, no, and I'm very grateful for that. And that's where I said, I think blessing is, or technology has been a blessing. I think sometimes mm-hmm. it can be a bit of a curse, but at these times it is sometimes nice just to be able to put on any show that you want and kind of relax and just take your mind off of things. And, uh, and then, yeah, just have some fun. That is true. So when this is all over, what are some of the first few things that you think you're going to do? Uh, first, just get together with friends in person. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. the most, that's probably the most important thing. Get back and see my family as well. Uh, my family's all back in the Okanagan. Uh, so it's been, it's almost, I didn't go home for Christmas this year either. Now my mom's really mad at me. So she's like, as soon as this is done, you're coming home. And I'm like, yes, yes, mom, I promise. Um, so stuff like that. I think, um, as we go back into our business, uh, you know, talking before about being entrepreneurs, we, we've been spending this time to make our business more efficient. Uh, we use a lot mm-hmm. of video, we use DocuSign and electronic signatures and, but we've been, we've been digitizing and systemizing even more of our business. Mm-hmm. And I think just getting back to implementing that stuff and, and, and 
making more free time for when we go back to normal normal society again uh, because I do want to take some advantage of some of that free time that we've had. So right now is a mm -hmm. lot of the, the, the hard work and the meticulous work of, you know, cleaning up our databases. Uh, you know, we're taking yeah. our, we're taking our email campaigns and making them all digital with video through bomb bomb. Uh, so mm -hmm. we're just really excited to kind of implement those once we go back. Uh, and the biggest thing too will be just to support the local businesses. As I mentioned earlier, oh, absolutely. We've been uh, we've been doing kind of a daily video series called Today's Business Spotlight, and we've just been connecting with local business owners and talking about how they're still how they're still open right now and how people can still support them either by buying gift cards or buying things online. And so mm -hmm. we want to get back we want to get back out there in person and and start interviewing those people in in person again and and being inside the stores and. Because I think that's going to be the biggest way we get the economy really going again is getting all those businesses supporting them. Obviously, not not spending all of it on credit or anything, but yeah. I think any yeah. opportunity we have to get out and support those people and just getting together in groups again and and having some laughs and enjoying the sun and and all that kind of stuff too. You know, talking about supporting local businesses, that you know, that's that's one thing that I've been kind of thinking of a way to do that. And one idea that popped in mind the other day, because you were just talking about gift cards here, is, uh, you know, during this type of video series, uh, having people maybe comment about their favorite restaurant type of thing or their favorite yeah. business and why they love it. And then I would do a draw and give a gift card type of thing to to that person and that business type of thing. I think. I think as entrepreneurs, we, we have to find a way to help each other. As business owners, we've got to help each other at this time anyways. We may be competitors, but this is the time to all kind of come come together, right? Yeah. And I know you I know you normally do um is it coffee coffee and condos or something coffee like that? Coffee and condos, yeah. 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 So how did you how did you start that and what's that all about? Uh well, you know, it, it was really about uh, you know, you and I have spent so much time on the road together at different conferences. Yeah. We've sat there and heard from some of the best speakers. And I think, you know, as my business has evolved, I'm 10 years in the business now. And, you know, you, you become a realtor and you kind of, you think you have to put on a certain image about being, you know, overly professional and the suit and all that stuff. And I, I wear suits, and, but it was, it was, so, I can't remember who the speaker was specifically, but they just said about people nowadays, they want original content that, that talks Correct. about who you are as a person. Right. And, Correct. um, and, and for me, honestly, one of my favorite things about Victoria is all the local coffee shops we have here. Hey, I mm -hmm. still, I still like a Tim Hortons every once in a while, but you know, I, and, and nothing wrong with Starbucks. I've never been a Starbucks coffee guy. I've always loved being able to pop into one of our local coffee shops where I generally know some of the staff, they're super friendly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can sit there, hang out, and I know I'm supporting a local business, right? And and we've got yeah. this amazing scene here. And so as I was sitting there thinking about different ideas, I said, well, let's feature the local coffee shops because that's something that's unique to Victoria. Like even mm -hmm. when I go to Seattle, it's like Seattle has Starbucks and, and Seattle's best, but I swear we have more of an array of, of different types of, of businesses in that in that space. And uh, so I said, well, how do I kind of tie in coffee with something about real estate as well? And I was just playing with mm -hmm. different names and coffee and condos popped up. And so Man. what that whole focus is, is talking about the local coffee shop and then tying it to the neighborhood that that coffee shop is in. Because I've always found that the local coffee shop is that space for 
uh, for people to get together. It's a sense of belonging. People come mm-hmm. there, they meet their friends there, they meet their families there. So much mm-hmm. creativity happens in coffee shops, right? People Absolutely. are there. People are there working on their homework, trying to become a better person. They're maybe they're writing a they're writing music or they're writing a screenplay. Like it's always been that sense of social belonging. And so kind of tying in what that coffee shop means to the local neighborhood, then I can expand my, my video into talk about what that local neighborhood also features, right? Is it a, is it a really walkable neighborhood? Is it in an arts community? Is it, so I kind of take it from the coffee shop, expand it to the, to what's going on in that neighborhood. And then I just talk quickly about the condo stats in that neighborhood. And as condos for a city like Victoria become more and more prevalent as what a lot of younger people or our people, even as they progress through the real estate spectrum, condos are becoming mm-hmm. more and more what most people are going to have to live in maybe for the first five to seven to 10 years of owning property here. Because again, our yeah. single family home prices, our benchmark single family home price in the core of Victoria is about 875,000. So it's, wow. it's a tough, it's a tough market to get into as your first home. And so for a lot of people, it, they might have to start off in a one bedroom condo, progress into a two bedroom condo, then maybe it's a townhouse, then you kind of work your way up the ladder. So I find by giving a lot of condo stats and letting people know what's out there, the different types of condos, we have a lot of really cool heritage buildings that have been converted into condos as well. So I kind of try to break it down into, you know, if you want to live in this neighborhood because of all the features, here's the type of condo you might be able to find in that area, what kind of prices you're looking at. So it's, it's, it's had a lot of success. I think I've done 12 or 13 of them now. Uh, the coffee shop owners have really been appreciated. At first, I didn't really engage with them a lot because, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. with them too much and it was more about the neighborhood. But some of the coffee shops, once I've you know gone in and recorded one, they've reached out to me after and they're like, oh, we, we would we love the free exposure. And, you know, can we do anything to support? I said, if you want to maybe offer some gift cards or things like that, that's always appreciated. But it's really that's just, amazing. well, like you said about entrepreneurs, I just want to give back, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- this city and everything that it does allows me to be successful because it's, I don't have to sell anyone on living in Victoria, right? Like this, the city really does sell itself. Come on, move so, to Regina. <laughs> <laughs> the city sells itself. And I think those other entrepreneurs really help with that. So uh, it's just my way of giving back, right? All right. So that, and that makes sense. You know, I, I, I love that you can tie giving real estate advice to also promoting local businesses and, yeah. and I think that's important that cross promotion is is absolutely important because you're not only you're not only promoting the house you're promoting the neighborhood you're promoting the businesses in the area which, yeah. which I think is very important and people appreciate that right because not a lot of people have the marketing budget especially those small coffee shops, right? Yeah. They, they no. often don't have the marketing budget to do a lot of promotion. So with what you're doing, it, it's actually helping helping them as well. Yeah. I might I might I might look at doing something like that in our in my local area here. For sure. Well and, and things we've talked about is is even doing a feature, you know, if you're gonna look more at single family homes, maybe the schools, right? Here's the local mm-hmm. school in the area and you know how important that is for young families when they decide to buy a home is what is the school catchment area? What are those schools like? French immersion, you know, hockey programs, all of those different factors mm-hmm. become so important. And I think going back to what we were talking about before, I think after, after COVID and some of this stuff settles out, I think living in a more sustainable neighborhood where maybe 
you have easier, shorter access to a lot of the things you need in your daily life. I think people might put more of a priority on that in general moving forward, thinking, okay, if we live here, do, or do we live in a self-sustaining community where we can kind of do everything locally and not have to rely on driving all the way across town to do things? And so I think yeah. some of those things will become important as we look at, you know, how do we tackle this stuff moving forward? And so I'm hoping both on the commercial side of real estate, we, we continue to build more little pocket neighborhoods and, and create that stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, uh, anything we can do to promote that. Uh, is important. There's so many different ideas I think you can find and it's doing all that and having some fun at the same time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's when, when you're having fun doing what you, what you do, people truly on see that you're having fun and it resonates a little bit better with totally. people, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's always been my career advice to people, right? If you're going to go into a career, make sure it's something that you love and you have fun doing it so it doesn't feel yeah. like work. No, exactly. Right. Exactly. But I think that, some people are, a, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. sorry. Well, I, I was just going to say that that's always been kind of a priority to me, right? Uh, any any place that I've worked, uh, if I feel like I'm not having fun there, then I, I become a little bit less productive. And, you know, this is my 10th year in real estate too. I think I started April 30th or something like that in 2010. And yeah. you know what? It's been it's been a fun ride since. Uh, you've yeah. got the up and downs of the business, but at the end of the day, I enjoy working with people. I enjoy helping people, and and this also allows me to, you know, help small businesses. Um, I do a lot of uh, advice for uh, for people looking to start businesses. I do a lot of business con consultation with people. I, and I mean, I don't charge for it, but it's because I love doing it, right? Like, well, you just got your MBA. My background. You just got your MBA in entrepreneurship, right? Uh, yeah, I, I have my MBA in uh, executive management. Okay. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that, uh, it's one of those things that I, I said to myself uh, back in whatever, 2008 or whatever it is that uh, I did my first degree. I said, I'm going to do a master's. No matter what I'm doing in life, I'm going to do a master's. So going into that program, um, I, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a really good group of people around me in that program, but they're yeah. all doing it for different reasons. And when people ask me, why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know, it was my goal. <laughs> and, but I found it very, very beneficial. I mean, from being able to give uh, help people. And I've always been doing that before. Before I even got my MBA, I've always been in different types of businesses, so I've always been able to give business advice to people. Yeah. But um, I'm finding that, like, even in my role as uh, on the board uh, of the real estate board, uh, some of the things that I've learned there, I've able to, I've been able to kind of bring it there as well. Yeah. So the learning curve is a lot less, and even on some of the advisory boards that I sit on too, it's, it's the same thing, right? Like. Yeah. Like for me, education is big. My my yeah. dad is what in his seventies, and he we celebrated him getting his PhD just uh, a, a year oh, and a half ago or so, right? So yeah. So I mean, so my parents are kind of are kind of leading by that, that example, right? Yeah. So so I see I see him, I see my mom doing her thing too, and my brothers, and I'm like, you know what? Like education has always been a part of who I am, right? So yeah. you'll probably see me at 90 years old, and I'm probably going to Harvard or something. <laughs> 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 
Well, that's that's something else for people if they need something to stay busy. Is Harvard is actually offering a bunch of free courses right now. Uh, I just had a friend send me some this morning, and her and I were talking about. She's doing some for her work, and then others are just stuff that really fascinates her about history and stuff. So yeah, you can be a Harvard educated person just right now while you're hanging out at home. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know what? The one thing that I I said I was gonna do actually, and I'm gonna look into it. Um, you know, I've taken a lot of negotiation courses and I have a certification in as a negotiator, yeah. but I want to take the Harvard negotiation course. Maybe yeah. it's time to do it. <laughs> it might be the time. Well, and I, I think you, you hit something there too about um, your time on advisory boards. And I, I, I sit on a few community boards as well. And, you know, took my experience from the real estate boards and all the great training that we got there. And, I, I did an interview similar to this uh, a couple of weeks ago with some of the guys from Remax Corporate. And that's, I was trying to give advice to, especially younger agents right now, because we have a, a young mm -hmm. professionals network within Remax now. And I've said, you know, I said, get involved either with your local real estate board or a community board. I said, first of all, you're going to be giving back, right? Either to your industry oh, or to your community. And like you said, some of the, the free training I've gotten or speak that I've been able to hear from volunteering my time you yeah. know you and I have sat there and heard from like world-renowned speakers and we've mm -hmm. gotten that just by giving back to our industry and so you never know what you're going to learn by donating some time or volunteering your services and, and helping people out and then those are invaluable tools that you can carry forward and, and I know it's helped me in my business uh, my relationships in the community and even throughout organized real estate have have really been beneficial the last month I've had Zoom calls, you know, you're in Regina. I've been with, on with my guys from New Brunswick and Ontario. And, That's awesome. So, but when I talk to my clients, they appreciate that we're doing this kind of stuff, right? When I tell them, because they're asking me, well, how are you staying busy right now? And I said, well, I'm actually, you know, I do a couple calls a day with realtors to understand how things are going for them. And so I can give mm -hmm. you some real world experience from other markets. And, and they really appreciate that. And so if you're in real estate or in mortgages or in any other industry, here's a good opportunity for me you may for an entrepreneur to grow their business is look up other companies that do what you do in other markets and just reach out to them i think everyone's looking for connection right now and and i think absolutely if you, if, if you're a small business owner in victoria and you reach out to someone in ontario well maybe they have an idea that you haven't even thought about and and again like you said we're we're all competitors, but when you, when you talk about different markets, there's way less overlap yeah, sure. and, and there's that great opportunity to maybe pick up a cool idea or a promotion or initiative. And, uh, so I think building those connections, however you can, will get you free training and education, but then uh, builds lots of relationships for the future. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Even right now, there's a lot of free online training out there right like from inside yeah. real estate does a lot of free online training kathleen black is doing a lot of free online yeah. training even a lab code agents or something like that a lot of training going on right now right yeah. so i usually take an hour or two a day just just to yeah. go back and kind of listen to those right and feed my mind a little bit you know yeah. you talked about mental health physical health to me it's physical health mental health and also i got to feed my mind with a little bit of knowledge every day for yeah. me to feel productive type of thing right but, totally yeah and if yeah. and if you're and if you're if you're someone who is an employee of a company and you just have nothing to do right now well here's your chance like you said earlier about finding something that you are passionate about or that it's mm -hmm. if, if there was ever a time for the world to be telling you maybe it's time for a change it's like well here's that opportunity mm -hmm. and 
you, oh, you know, if, if, you, if you're interested in a, an industry that's totally different than what you're doing, well, here's your chance to have a bunch of free time to really research that industry. And, and I think coming out of this situation, there's going to be so much room for opportunity for innovation and mm-hmm. new, new people to step into markets because everything's kind of being reset right now. And so that's it's true. kind of, it's kind of leveling the playing field for some people. I know some newer people in, in our industry and others are, are feeling like I just got into this industry and now this huge situation. But if you can fight and survive through this, I think it's going to pay such huge dividends after. And so if you're, you know, if you're not happy with where you are, here's your chance to learn a lot about an, uh, something you're passionate about. Maybe that, that chance comes after this is done. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. You know, if there's one thing that I want to say to business owners uh, right now is the time to be resilient, you know, work your way through it. It will get better. It's uh, low times right now. It will get better. And like you said, if you're, if you're not in business, maybe it's time to get in business eventually, right? Research what you're passionate about and create a plan to implement once this is all over. You have the time. (laughs) Well, and and what I've said to people is focus on what you can control, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. at a time right now where it feels like so many things are out of our control, where we can go, where we can shop, what, who we can see. But, you know, I, I've always said, you know, you can control when you get up in the morning, you can control what you, Mm -hmm. you know, you can control how much time you put into the things that you're passionate about. Right. So I think if you just focus on that, you know, it, it makes you feel a sense of control and then, you know, you can yeah. have some positivity come out of that. And I think that's what we need to focus on right now is just chip away at a little bit of something every day. And, and when you start building that momentum, it'll, it'll give you, it'll make you feel better inside as well. And uh, I think that's really important because I know, you know, I have family members that struggle with mental health problems. And so I know that feeling of lack of control, even at the best of times and how people can be feeling. So if you just find little things and stuff that makes you happy, uh, I think it can go a long way of getting through all this. Maybe we should start calling you Dr. Phil. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Are you sure you should be a psychologist? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, real estate but is you say we do everything, right? right? Yeah. Real estate yeah, is a big psychology. Thing, right? I, I, I always tell new realtors that when they're thinking about getting into the business, I said, you know, it, it, it's somewhat of a sales industry because yes, there's transactions that happen, but I said 50% of my time is probably being a coach and a counselor and a psychologist and, and understanding people and, and understanding what their real priorities and needs are. And so I don't really think that's a sales thing, right? I think homes no. generally sell themselves. We're there as an advisor and as a consultant. And, uh, so yeah, I always tell people at 50% of my time, I'm, I'm on the clock for counseling services. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, another thing, right? It's part of that. It is part of building that trust, right? Because if if it was all about sales, it comes to you, right? It comes out that all you care yeah. about is just sales. But if you truly care about your clients and you get to know they get to know them, find out what their needs are, it becomes about that relationship and the human needs rather than rather than the money type of thing. And the money just kind yeah. of follows. Exactly. Absolutely. I've always felt Absolutely. you know we want, we want careers, you know, we're going to be in this business for a long time. And I want, mm-hmm. I want, I want clients for life. I want people to feel like, you know, we were truly there for them and, you know, we had their best interests at heart. And if that means it's not the right time to buy or sell, well, then that's the advice that we have to give. And so, yeah, that's I think true. understanding that and, and being there is important. Perfect. So before we end this call, 
Yep. What is the number one most important thing that you want to either say to your clients or just say to people in general going through uh, this COVID crisis? You know, my main advice, uh, kind of like I said earlier, is just about trying to stay calm and resilient right now. I think resilient is a great word. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, we there are so many things that are uncertain right now, and you know, you and I aren't health professionals, so I can't I can't tell when this is all going to be over. But what mm-hmm. I do know is that there's people out there who care about us. Uh, there's people out there that care about us that you don't even know. Right. And so I think for everyone, just, you know, focusing on what you can control, staying calm right now, understanding that everyone's working really hard right now for, uh, for this situation to continue to progress and, and get through the thick of it. And I think, you know, really take this time right now to reset your priorities uh, from everything from the way you spend money and financially to you know, your, your behaviors with your friends and your family and those types mm-hmm. of things. I think take this time for what it is. It's a pause. Uh, some of us are going through it worse than others. And I, you know, I truly feel for them. And so I think f- try to find some positives through all of this and, and put and put some plans into place for that when this is over that you can come out of it, really tackle those objectives and, and set yourself up for success once this is done. Perfect. Thank you. You've awesome. heard him say it. <laughs> Thank you so much for this call, Kyle. Have yeah, yeah, it. thanks, Tim. Okay, talk to you hey, soon, dude. We'll talk Take soon. Care. Take care. Cheers. All right, welcome to this week's uh, podcast. Uh, today, we are talking about surviving COVID. And uh, I've got with me online today with uh, Natasha, mortgage broker, mortgage broker at TNG. And uh, we've known each other since 2001. She's a cool people. And uh, we have uh, Danielle Wilson, mortgage broker at uh, Powerhouse, and she's in a transition right now, a career transition into crisis counseling. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Going to be a counselor, right? Well, perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, I want to start this uh, podcast off with a with a quote. Um, something that uh, we were talking about a few days ago. And that quote is, you know, we're all in this together, but our situations are different. And uh, I think that is uh, something important that people need to know, uh, especially with the topic of surviving COVID. What what are your thoughts? I love that quote, Tim. um, It makes me think of a story that a friend of mine shared with me about a single mother who was out buying groceries with her three children, all under the age of eight or nine, I believe. And she was at the grocery store. This was just when COVID hit. Uh, And the mother shared that while she was buying groceries with her three kids, that she got so many dirty looks from other people who were just appalled that she had brought her children to the grocery store. Uh, this mother is a single parent under the age, has three kids under the age of eight or nine. She had no other choice. No grandparents. She couldn't leave her kids at home. She couldn't leave her kids in the vehicle, but she had to buy groceries. So it just makes me think of um, not being judgmental. And uh, regardless of where you're at or where you see other people at, and just maybe more accepting because you don't know everyone's story. When I hear that quote. I think that's so true because uh... You know, nowadays there's the perception that we give out on social media, but then it's also the real life and the real world. And a lot of times we don't know what people are dealing with. We don't know their situation. So 
So when we do see people out and they're doing something that maybe you wouldn't do, you don't understand what their situation is. You don't understand maybe they just didn't have a choice, but to do that. And I mean, you have to applaud, especially single mothers right now, or single fathers right now, because the support system is now limited because we are so, we're in isolation. So that support system is limited. You know, the grandparents can't come as often as they, they should or they used to type of thing because they can't do that. So, I mean, I, I definitely feel for people like that. Um, Danielle, what would you say that is the biggest uh, struggle for you during COVID? Um, I, well, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, not have to um, deal with those hardships like Natasha mentioned, um, obviously, but I think that just juggling everything and being on social media at the beginning and hearing everybody being like, you know, this is the time for this and this is your opportunity to do this and comparing yourself to other people. And that, that first week was kind of like, you know, wow, all these people are doing really good. You know, like you look on social media and everybody's just like loving life and taking this real opportunity. And then I was kind of being like, wow, like should I be doing more or something? Like you start to feel like kind of bad. bad. And then I came across this one quote that kind of just really changed my perspective. And I don't, it's probably on some kind of social media site, but I, it said, this is a pandemic, not a productivity contest. You know, and it really put things into perspective for me because it's like, you know, maybe I should be just be really taking care of my family and doing what I need to do for my own mental health and self-care. Yeah. Um, and just kind of trying to restore some of that balance into my life that, everybody lost during this pandemic was a balance right and a routine so i think that that has been kind of the biggest struggle for me is trying to find that balance and create a routine so everybody in my family you know my two kids and everyone feels like happy and safe and, and supported so nice um, thanks buddy that's awesome what do, what do you think has been the biggest struggle for you well i guess I guess for me, it's I'm a type of person that uh, I thrive under pressure. I, I like to be busy and I like to go, 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 go. Uh, and during COVID, you can't go, 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 go. You're in isolation. So I, find, I found that it was tough for me at first to adjust. And, uh, but, but the biggest takeaway for me is being able to just relax and being able to find a way to still get the things that need to be doing done, but in a more relaxed state, and also getting to actually know my kids and know my spouse, know, know them better because we're together more, right? Um, you know, I'm not out there working 12 hours a day. I'm home most of that time now. So that, I think that was the, that's the biggest thing for me is, uh, if, if I could take anything away from being in isolation is being able to build a stronger relationship with my family and the people that are around me because you actually have more time for them now. So I'm able to cherish that time. And to me, that's very, very important. That's really important. Yeah, it's you know, really going to look back on this and, uh, you know, take away some really good things from, from it as well. Like that's always, I think. Oh, absolutely. And you're not exhausted. Oh. And you're not yeah. exhausted when you get home. And so 
disengaged from your family because you're drained at the end of the workday. You have to get home and eat quick and then run to soccer or where it's just like a quick conversation in the vehicle, right? So now you're, like you said, you're definitely engaged with your family and I feel like present more as well. That is true. You know, the other day when we were talking, you mentioned that there was something that you do with your kids. Is the question that you ask them now, is it like, uh, how was their day or what is something along those lines? I can't remember what the question was. Can you go through that? Um, I, well, it, just like you, I have more time with my family and we're actually eating dinners together because like Natasha mentioned, I'm not running them to hockey or football or, you know, act after school activities all the time. And we're actually having a chance to sit and like not only eat together, but cook together and have these conversations around the dinner table, which has been, you know, a, a huge change in my life. I know that you guys understand that with kids and everything that you have going on. And when, when we sit down at the dinner table and, you know, I ask my kids what, what are some of your favorite parts about isolation and, and what are, what are your, what do you miss? You know, because they, their whole life has been thrown off too. And, and they, when you ask them questions well, with my kids, you know, they do miss their friends, they miss their teachers. Um, and it gives them an opportunity to, you know, vent a little bit of their feelings as well. That's true. I think sometimes as parents will forget that we're not the only ones going through this, our kids are going through it too. And they need that emotional support and that time to talk and be able to vent as well. So that, that's a good thing. I think I'm going to be doing that with my family too. That's yeah. awesome. I love that, Danny. Yeah, it's amazing you know, to open up when you just even ask the right questions. So. That's true. That's true. You know, Natasha, you've been very open about your struggles with anxiety. Um, I can imagine that right now you may, you might be going through some challenging times right now. How have you been coping and handling it? Um, I thought about that. And I think what happened with me is I went through the five stages of grief when everything hit. So stage one, denial. I was totally in denial. <laughs> so if you were following me like six weeks ago, I was like, this is great. Nothing's going on. My life's not changing. But I was actually really afraid. I was living in fear. Um, and I was just avoiding all acceptance of what was going on. Uh, and then I transitioned into anger. Um, so I was really frustrated. I was irritated whenever I'd hear anything about anybody else, uh, especially people who were still getting together and stuff going on in the States. Uh, and that's when my anxiety really hit, uh, where I was just like constantly agitated and vibrating. Uh, and then I turned into depression. Hmm. I think you cut off a little bit there. Oh no. Oh, we can hear you again. We found you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you get? Well, we lost, I think, uh, we lost you with depression. Yes. I added in depression? <laughs> yes. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to go over well in your class, your counseling. The <laughs> 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 training, okay. All right. Do you want to pick, um, pick up from there? Sure. Uh, oh, that's, now I just lost the conversation. Um, so after anger, I transitioned into depression, 
Um, I felt no motivation to do anything. Uh, I was very self-isolated from my, even my family. I was kind of locking myself in my room. I didn't want to talk um, to any friends. Uh, I felt helpless and I literally just wanted to disappear. If you follow me on Facebook, I think that's when I posted asking if anybody had an RV for me to rent because <laughs> I was literally ready to get the hell out of here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I went to bargaining. So just kind of like struggled to find a healthy way. Then I started reaching out to friends. Uh, I had a therapy session with a, a counselor, had some really good conversations with some good friends just about my feelings and where I was at and accepting them. Um, that's when, yeah, I moved into acceptance and now I'm, I'm living there right now and I'm open to exploring options. I feel motivated. I'm connecting and engaged again with my family. So it was really like this whole curve for me of up and down. And I felt really once I hit like the anger depression stage that it was really hard for me to get out of there because I felt a ton of guilt in that stage because I still had my job. Uh, my family was healthy and safe. We were both working. We didn't have to worry about money. And I started real reading what other people were struggling with. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, I should be so grateful right now. So I really had to disconnect and stop comparing myself and really just sit with those feelings and not judge them. And I think that allowed me to move past um, feeling those emotions and get to this stage where I'm at now. Nice. Would you say that uh, being able to openly talk about it and being able to talk with your friends and your family and your counselor about it has helped you a lot to manage and cope? Definitely, because they've all given me bits and pieces of things they're doing that are helping them cope with their own struggles. And then um, the best advice that I think I ever got was from Carrie Capel. She's a coach that I had worked with. And instead of like, judging my feelings of um, like being sad and shame and, and comparing myself to other people, I just sat with it. And I meditate a lot. Meditation really just has helped me breathe and, and stop this storyline in my head that's running and just interrupt it and come back to what's important and mm -hmm. just just be and accept it for what it is and move forward thank you so much for sharing that you know <clears throat> that kind of leads me to the question that i have for danielle here you are right now in career transition to becoming a crisis respondent uh, what made you decide to go that route? Um, well, actually, I, I'm, in, I'm in school right now completing my counseling and uh, psychotherapy degree. And through that program, it was a requirement for me to complete 15 to 20 hours of volunteer work a month um, in order, it's a requirement for me to graduate, actually. So I was, when I was looking for an organization to get involved with, um, I found the crisis text line and I you went know, through the training, became a certified crisis responder, and I, I had no idea that a pandemic was about to hit. So I'm sitting there, you know, trying to do my thing as a crisis responder, easing into it, and then, you know, a couple months later, this pandemic hits, and, um, well, I'll just, just talk a little bit about what, you know, our the crisis text line does. It, it is a text line available, you know, worldwide. It's in Canada, it's ran by the kids help phone. Um, you can just text home to 666 
from any any mobile device and you'll get uh, a certified crisis responder on the line who is there not only to support you through you know suicidal thoughts it's it's any kind of painful emotion that you're going through it could be anxiety like natasha was talking about or you know anything from self-harm to grief to loneliness anything like we're, we're there for you um to to help you through these times and then when um justin trudeau went like the prime minister went on and did one of his press conferences he mentioned you know any adolescents that are dealing with any kind of mental health to that the service was available and that sunday after he made that announcement we had the most incoming texts um in since we started the program it almost had doubled wow. so the amount of people that are dealing with mental health in this world right now is unimaginable unimaginable yeah. so you know i think that that that's something that needs to be addressed because you know a crisis responder when you're texting like yeah we can we can get them you know from a we can bring them down and, and get them to go to sleep and calm them down for the minute but the long-term effects of this of this covid on people's mental health of all ages is 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 a is in my opinion the real pandemic yeah mm -hmm. i think wow. the biggest thing for myself going through anxiety and realizing where i'm at is i actually didn't really know that that's what it was that i was struggling with so I think it's, and I denied it, which made it manifest and made the worst where I was actually physically ill. So I think it's amazing that people are having this conversation, like understand us and just talking about like what it looks like. And it's different for everybody, but also getting rid of the stigma around it, that just because you deal with a mental illness doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I would say no. everybody at some point in time has dealt with a mental illness, whether they accept it or not, or one time or not. But to have uh, the crisis helpline and Danny, I didn't even know that that was available until you told me about it. I knew about the kids help home. I'm not a kid. So other than me paying for therapy, like where am I going to go to get the help I need? So I think that phone number in here, the Antium maybe for people to reach out to somebody. Yeah, and I'll, I'll share that information uh, with, with you just so it's more available. But I think that it is important to know that it is available for people of all ages. You know, we get, we get kids, we get adolescents, we get, we get adults. We have, we have parents texting in and saying, oh, I'm, so, I'm just incredibly overwhelmed right now. Like, what do I do? You know, do I and, do? and they're asking for help and they, they are unable to regulate their emotions or make sense of it and they're scared and, you know, all those other feelings. The, the, about the, uh, not knowing what's going to happen in the future um those are all real real feelings that people are having and not only that like i know that some people that are trying to get into a counselor right now they're not there's such a, a wait list, especially in saskatchewan you call a counselor and say hey like i'm having a problem they might call you back and say i can see you in june it, like I, you, you need to talk to somebody now like you, if you're having an yeah. you're in a you can't wait till till june to get into it so the fact that this resource is available during this time of crisis um it, it's 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 something that you know needs to be out there for people to, to know that it's available no and, and you know I, I absolutely thank you for sharing that because we often 
talk about the frontline workers right now and how they're helping with COVID, the doctors, the nurses, mm -hmm. even the people at the grocery stores and things like that, people like that. But we don't talk about the people like yourselves and the crisis helpline that are actually helping people deal with their mental health and making sure that people are okay. So I think it's a really important conversation to have and it's important that when we are thanking the people that are helping us get through this, we thank the people that are also helping us stay okay up here too, because uh, that is just as important work as everybody else is doing right now. So absolutely, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you know, I know there's so many people that are doing a lot right now, trying to do their part to try and help the community and, and try and try to make sure that people are okay. Uh, you know, that, that reminds me of my wife's great aunt, and 90 years old in Moose Jaw, using our own materials to make masks for people right now. And there are many stories like that that we are hearing that, but I think that it's important that we give props to, to some of those people. Um, are you hearing things like that too uh, in your neighborhood and amongst your friends? Natasha, do you want to do you want to share something or do you want me to go? Uh, anything I heard has just been on the news. Uh, a gentleman who is a single guy offered to go get groceries for anybody with kids or elderly who, who couldn't go out. So I, I heard that story, which I thought was just amazing. Uh, another gentleman who was making bag lunches for the homeless and dropping them off and uh, I've heard that as well. I see friends just doing kind gestures for other friends, mm -hmm. which I mean, just even dropping cookies off. I had a friend drop some uh, Easter baking off at my house and just rang the doorbell. <laughs> uh, so I think it's out there and I love that. I mean, something like this is maybe just allowing people to slow down so they can give back a little bit, which is kind of a beautiful mm -hmm. thing to see and inspiring. Yeah, that's great that you mentioned that, um, Natasha, because you, people's excuse not excuses but reasons for not giving back or you know volunteering or doing these things because of the time right and now everybody has all this time on their hands and we're really getting to see um what people are doing with that time and and i think that when we can share things going on in our community of the the, the people that are doing such wonderful things i think that we need to really you know start talking about that more rather than all this you know doom and gloom all yeah. the time I agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, that is that is so important. You know, for me, just thinking back, though, I, I I think that there's been so much of people coming together and, mm -hmm. and helping each other, and it's really really good to see. Because mm -hmm. for a while, there was starting to lose faith in humanity, because everything that you see on the news is just bad. But you see, you see people actually coming together and actually helping each other. That is fantastic. That shows that there's still a lot of good in the world, you know. So I'm going to ask this final question here. So how the hell do you survive COVID? <laughs> so what are some of the some of your tips that you can give? Well, and I don't even know if tips is the right word for it, but what are some things that you can tell people about how you're coping, how to survive, just in point forms? Oh, we'll start with Natasha. Don't compare yourself to anybody or where they're at would be number one, regardless of what you see on social media or here. Just 
accept where you're at and be okay with that. Nice. Thank you. Um, I think that the biggest thing that I could um, suggest would be, you know, during a time of uncertainty or fear like this pandemic is just to be able to focus on what you can control. Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, limiting social media, acting with kindness, you know, turn off, turning, turning off the news. Um, Not worrying about what Trump is saying. Or he just makes me so angry, so I can't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, don't turn it off. No, I tell Scott to shut up. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Um, yeah, so just those things and like not focusing, focusing on like what other people are doing or who's hanging out with who or the actions of other people and how much toilet paper is in the store. Like you can't, you can't control those things. All you can control is, you know, what's going on with you. And I think that that's important for anxiety as well, you know, mm -hmm. and if you're feeling anxious, just kind of ask yourself that question. Like, is this something beyond my control and what can I, fo what, what, what can I focus on that I can control? How about you, Tim? What are you doing to stay sane? For me, exercise. After exercise. Yeah. If I don't, I go a little bit crazy. So making sure I get my regular, my regular physical exercise in and also making sure that I shut down and disconnect. Um, I'm always on this thing. Uh, you know, as a realtor, I'm always on my phone. I'm always on the computer. I'm always doing something. Uh, making sure that I shut down and disconnect and and then connect with my family, connect with my kids, connect with my wife, connect with my parents. Uh, and I'm finding also with technology, I've been using Zoom a lot lately, kind of like we're using right now, uh, to connect with my friends. And it's quite funny because like when before pandemic, we talk, but we may not see each other for months. But now we're using this to connect and reconnect and, and kind of to be there for each other through this. So like you said, exercise, shut down, disconnect, and then reconnect. Those are the big things for me. Do you guys have any final, world, final words before we uh, end today's podcast? I just have a question for you too. What's one thing you're both going to do when this is over? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, probably hop on a plane somewhere and uh, go on a holiday. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm definitely with you there. Somewhere yeah. near water. I have yeah. a question for you. I have a question for you, Tim. I, I know that we didn't talk about this before, but I'm wondering as a realtor, um, if you have been talking to anybody about um I was thinking about real estate during this, you know, pandemic yeah. and how when the virus hit, it hit, it hit in dense populations. And yeah. I'm wondering now, because I've talked with people personally that are like trying to get out of those big centers and move to, I'm not saying move to the middle of nowhere, but we had this such a big thing of urbanization happening in the last 20 years. In your mm -hmm. opinion, do you think that you know, people that are living in these denser populations, Toronto, Vancouver, um, are going to be trying to like, you know, make a lifestyle, make a lifestyle change? Um, you know what, I haven't thought of that before, but I would say it could be possible, but it also comes down to economy and jobs. Right. Uh, I think, I think if jobs are available and the economy is good, 
I could see people in the dense areas move to places like Regina or Saskatoon or even Moose Jaw, like the less dense cities or other places like that, because like you said, it affects the dense population a lot more than it affects other other smaller cities. I mean, look Wait. at Saskatchewan. We're doing relatively good compared to say Ontario or BC or places like that, right? Because yeah. uh, we we have such a big geography, but not a lot of dense uh, population in our cities, which is good. Right. Which is good. Yeah. Great question. So, I mean, yeah, that was that was pretty good. But you know, one final word. My thing is thank you guys for being here and for, for everybody that's watching. I hope you got something out of this. Remember, don't compare yourself to other people and shut the TV off just to disconnect. Don't drink Lysol. <laughs> or bleach. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Tim, for having us. Let's get in here. Great conversation. Bye, guys.